0: Today is a very special day, and I want to say this today to all the dads of this church and those of you who are guests with us today. We honor you. You you are you are the uh, you're the rock. You're the foundation of our families, our world, our church. We have people here. You've heard of pillars of the church? Literally, pillars of the church hold this church up so wonderfully and so powerfully, and so. We love all the dads that are here today. Matter of fact, let me just do it this way. Every every dad in this room, would you stand today? Would you just stand? We're going to honor you right now. Let's give them a great hand. Isn't this wonderful today? Just wonderful today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Judge, you changed places on me, but I see you. I love you. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being here, all of you. And uh, this church has been mightily blessed of God, mightily blessed of God. I was, uh, and I want to say this also to you. I notice, and uh, I love Big Will, where he went, but he's here. I love Will. There he is, Will, uh, and others are probably here today for the first time without your dad. And it's never easy that especially that first year when Father's Day rolls around. I tell you from experience that when Father's Day rolls around, it's never easy to to have a wonderful Father's Day knowing that you are without your father for the first time ever. But uh, God bless those today who have lost their dads and who have gone on to be with the Lord. And we pray for you today that God would uplift you and uphold you. I was looking through my pictures on my phone this week and the chairs that are here used to be over here. And I ran across a picture about two weeks before my father passed away. I want you to know he came to church. He was feeble and he couldn't hardly go. And he was shuffling his feet. And could I tell y'all a funny story? Mama, you're going to kill me. But I'm gonna tell y'all a funny story. We had a uh, it was it was December that we had a Christmas uh, family dinner together. I was at my mom's house the other day, and I just looked over and saw the chair where my dad sat that day and I didn't tell her I just thought about it but he at that dinner we we were now you got to know my dad if if you didn't know my dad you you've missed half your life, but uh, he was a character, and even in his dying days he was a character and he got he got to somebody got to maybe his mother got to I don't know. But somebody got to tell him he came to church and he had lost so much weight that he couldn't keep his pants up. And uh, mom, she try to dress him and, and pin wherever she could pin and get his clothes on him. And right in this hall, going to the prayer room on a Sunday morning, and he had a little guy there helping him at the time. little guy, home health or whatever, and following him down that hall. And his pants fell. And uh, somebody was telling us about it. I mean, here's my dad, the pastor of the church. His pants fell, and so we were all laughing at the table, and Dad was just sitting there, and he chuckled a little bit, and I said, Dad, how far did they fall? He said, to the top of the floor. But they grabbed him and pulled him back up, and nobody saw him, I guess, but they got them all pinned up. That was my dad. What a character he was. And uh, I often refer to him in preaching. I often refer to the G-E-isms because he had more sayings than you can even imagine. And he never forgot a joke and he, he never forgot anything as a matter of fact. And I was just thinking about all my heritage this morning. And, but I, went, I started to say that standing right over here where the chairs were, I ran across a picture. And, and it was a picture of my feeble father two weeks before he died with his hands raised, both hands in the air. And he was worshiping God to the best of his ability. And uh, I thought, God, how in the world can I live up to that? But my dad was an awesome man, pastor of this church for 58 years, and a great man of God. And I give honor to him today, although seven years ago, about seven and a half years ago, he went on to be with the Lord. So that that thrusts me into what I want to say today. It's 1110. I'll be through in plenty of time, believe me. Very short. And if y'all get on to me, it's because y'all took all the time today. I took abuse for preaching an hour on Pentecost Sunday. But I'll take the abuse if you'll get the gospel. Amen. Thank you for everything today. A father can be defined in many ways. Just stay right there, Toby. I'm not going to really preach, preach today, I don't think. But the Bible shows him as several things. Number one, he's the head of his family. He's the ruler of his family. He's the provider of his household. And he's the one who trains his children in the fear of God. Now, we honored moms a few weeks ago, and moms are so vitally important. As mother goes, so goes America. Amen. But, Dad, you're the head of the house. 1 Corinthians tells us very clearly, 1 Corinthians 11, it says that the Lord said, I want you to know through the words of the apostle that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. So there's divine order. And from the foundation of the world, the Lord made man and chose him to be the head of the family. He made Adam before he made Eve. I'm just so glad he did not make two Adams. I'm proud he made an Eve. Amen? But thank God for men that God made. The man is the ruler of his house. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 3, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, nor covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. That's what, that's what God placed man to be as a bishop and the ruler and the priest of your house. He's a provider. As a matter of fact, Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5 and 8, he said, if any man provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and it's worse than an infidel. In the, in the NIV, it says, You fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Excuse me, let me back up. This is in the, in the King James Version. He's a teacher. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So all of these things, Dad, fall upon your shoulders today. Children need to know that they are loved. They will learn to do the right thing if you correct them in love. There's not a doubt in my mind that my father loved me. But let me tell you what I heard more than one time, especially as a teenage boy. This is kind of rough around the edges. And for you little sissies that can't take this kind of stuff, I apologize. But my daddy would look me in the eye and said, I'll stomp a mud hole in you and walk it dry. And I believed every word he said, Vernon. I believe every word he said. That's probably why I'm a preacher not in prison today. Amen. But the Bible very clearly challenges fathers to be spiritual leaders. And your ultimate responsibility is your home and your family. It comes before the church. God made family before he made the church. Your family is ultimately important. Does anybody agree with me on this Sunday morning? Amen. Abraham is a great example of a father. He was a devoted man. He he feared God. But he didn't just fear God. He taught his household to fear God. While Isaac was a boy, he taught him how to sacrifice to the Lord. You're not gonna tell me that Isaac had been to the top of the mountain or somewhere to sacrifice before, because he looked at the Lord, or excuse me, he looked at his father that day and he said that we've got the wood and we've got the fire, we've got everything. But where's the sacrifice? He knew what was there, and he knew what was coming. Somebody taught him how to sacrifice unto God. And I submit to you it was a loving father, a man who God called his friend because he loved Abraham. You see, we come on this Sunday morning to celebrate a day. Fathers are special. God puts them in high regard they are responsible but I came today to read a few statistics to you matter of fact I was listening to the radio riding down the road the other day and uh, I I listened to Fox News when I'm writing that's what I listen to I don't I don't know the latest songs because I don't listen to that so I'm just me I'm a news junkie But I heard some statistics that troubled me. Here's here's some statistics for you today. 70% of black children and 20% of white children born in America are born out of wedlock. And most of them will never know their father or a father's love. That bothers me. Only one-third of children born in America will live with both biological parents through the age of 18. That bothers me. How does this affect us? Let me tell you how it affects us. 85% of children with behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. Seventy percent of teen pregnancies are from fatherless homes. Eighty percent of rapists, convicted rapists are from fatherless homes. Seventy-five percent of teen patients in drug abuse centers are from fatherless homes. 85% of youths in prison are from fatherless homes. And 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. You know what this tells me? Dad, you are so vitally important to your family. You are important to the lifestyle of your children. You're important as a teacher as a ruler, as the priest of your house. I never one time in the history of my life and growing up, I never remember my father saying, are you going to church today? That wasn't an option when I grew up. You see, and I'll probably say a few things that I shouldn't say today or maybe I should say and maybe I should have said a long time ago. I can just see me telling my dad, you know what, dad, Today's there's a ball tournament. I'm not going to make church. <laughs> That's one of them stomp a mud hole in you and walk it dry kind of deals. I can just see me telling my dad, we're not going to church today or I'm not going today, dad. We're, I'm going fishing today. I, could just, I, I can't even imagine the look on his face and the sternness in his voice. Dad, it's up to you. Here's the bottom line. You have great responsibility today. If you don't want these statistics to apply to your children you got great responsibility. Do we always raise perfect kids? No. My dad didn't raise a perfect child and me or Gay or Mike we've all had our issues and we've all got our problems. I didn't raise perfect kids they're probably near as they come. You think that too don't you? Doris, I see you put out every once in a while, and I got—I didn't realize what you were doing for a long time. But when one of her kids has a birthday, she says to my favorite son, and every one of them's her favorite sons, our favorite daughters. And I thought, okay, I got this now. You had me confused for a while because I'm thinking, how she get away with that? If I said Crystal's my favorite, here's one over here's gonna be mad. And if I say Danny's my favorite, here's one over here that's sure gonna be mad. And the one in Dallas don't know. but I love my children. But let me tell you something, my responsibility to my children, to my family. So I just tried to raise my kids the way my dad raised me. And I'm a little old-fashioned, I suppose, but I don't get it. I don't get it. I read something the other day that somebody put on the Internet. I didn't say this, but can I quote it? It said, it's like less than 1%. Of kids become professional ball players. <laughs> this is probably not good for Father's Day. I'm glad, I'm glad y'all honored me before time. Less than one percent become professional ball players. But everybody's gonna meet God. Why don't you quit doing the wrong thing for your kids and start taking them to church? So, Dad, you're the ruler. You're the priest. You're the one that teaches. They're not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. And when you stand before the judgment bar of God, we are all going to give an account for how we raised our kids. How we, how we guided and, and maneuvered through life with our families. Your wife, sir, is depending on you. You, you know, there, there's all kind of things going around in our world, but I'm going to go by the scripture. And the scripture said the woman is the weaker vessel. The woman is the weaker vessel. You know why she's depending up. Now, if you're here today and you don't have a husband, you you got to brace up and do both jobs. And I understand that. But let me tell you, if you got a if you got a dad and a husband in your life, you, you you're honored today, and you you ought to feel honored. But but understand, dad, that it's your responsibility. It's not her responsibility. It's your responsibility. Let me tell you something, I'd much rather, Mom, I love you today, you're watching, but I'd much rather my mama whip me than my daddy. He didn't do it very often, but when he did it, matter of fact, I remember a time when I was just a kid and my dad would say, "Go look, y'all don't know, y'all don't know nothing at the old church on South 2nd Street, 1600 South 2nd Street. Right outside the door, there's a big bush. I don't know what kind of bush it was, but let me tell you, it grew some bad switches. And my dad, more than one time, took me outside that door, would break off one of them limbs, and I could hear them leaves right now. If child abuse would put you in prison, let me tell you, my mom and dad ought to be locked up for life. But that's not child abuse. You know what that is? That's raising good kids. That's what, that's what we're lacking in this world right now. That's what's wrong with us right now. Amen? I don't know if you like that or not. You might say, well, there, you know, you can't. And I know what the government says. We got a judge in the house. He, he knows where I stand. But let me tell you today, you, you don't need to be to, Abuse your children, but they need to be corrected and they need to be done the Bible way. And the Bible way said, if you spoil the rod, you hate the child. My kids could probably get me for child abuse. Ask Crystal if she'd rather me or her mama whip her. I don't whip kids very often. When I did, I was normally too mad to whip them, but I whipped them anyway. But the facts are, ladies and gentlemen, you have responsibility train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it. I was raised that way. You were raised that way. Many of you in this building can identify with what I'm saying. Was my dad mean? No. He was the greatest dad in the world. Was my mom mean? No. They were just wonderful parents but they cared about where I went. They cared about what I'd done. They cared about who I hung out with. I hate to tell you this young people but you don't even have a right to to choose your friends. My daddy chose my friends. My mama chose my friends. I didn't hang out with with druggers and drinkers and, and people that were living a lifestyle an illicit thing in this world. No, I'm just telling you right now, what's wrong with America is the home. And when we get the home right, America will be right. That's the truth right there. You get the home right there won't be so much crime. You won't be a marching in the streets. Now don't go home and abuse your kids. Get me in trouble, but be stern and do what's right. I don't know any other way to say it. I'm just not a politician when it comes to preaching, and I'm just telling you: commit your life to the Lord today and raise your family the way you ought to. Lead your family by example. Don't tell them to pray, teach them to pray. Don't tell them to go to church Bring them to church. Don't don't just tell them to, you got to do right, do right. Don't tell them to be moral, be moral. Don't tell them to not lie, don't lie. Don't tell them to not cheat, just don't cheat. Just walk in the ways of the Lord and walk in the footsteps of God. And when you do, your children are going to be okay. I submit to you this old book is true. And there's a way for us to be great dads and godly men. Man, I, I, I miss hearing the prayers of my dad. I miss hearing him. I miss hearing the preaching of my father. I miss hearing. I miss hearing those words. Did I always agree with him? No. Look, my dad was he was, he was a card now. When I, first, when I first came here, when I first came here, and uh, in, in 1989, when I first came here, he was sitting right there. The chairs are on this side then. And uh, and I walked he, he 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 done he done like this. I'm gonna get that in just a minute. He he done like this. He done like this, so I didn't know what he wanted. I walked over here. This is my dad. He said, and there was a monitor just like this. He said, if you don't turn that off, I fix to take my pocket knife and cut that wire. How many of y'all knew my daddy? Does that sound just like him? I said, yes, sir. We'll we'll turn it down, Dad. You know what we did? We turned it down. Amen. He wasn't mean. He was just firm. He just said what he meant and meant what he said. Whatever he told you, you could take it to the bank. Whatever he said to you, you could just stand on it. It was there. Amen. Oh, that I could be that kind of dad. I close with this and I know we got a drawing and I didn't mean to overlook that, but evidently I did. Y'all got to worship and I got all taken up. But this morning when I knelt to pray and I, the ladies in De Ritter, that sew, my, without me knowing it, my sister got my dad's ties, neckties, and they, they made a quilt with all my dad not all of them but a lot of my dad's ties and uh, and and there's and I remember some of them on him but it it's folded nicely and it hangs over the back of the chair in my office it's where I pray and when I when I knelt to pray today I just reached up and put my hand on that blanket That quilt. And I said, Lord, whatever it was in this man, please let it be in me till the day I die. Please. So, Dad, if you're listening somewhere today, I I love you dearly. Dad's in this church, I love you dearly. A man that texts me very early this morning, its like my second father. I love you Donnie MacManus. you never have forgotten me. And I told him this morning, you're a great man. We got some wonderful people here. I missed a call this morning that I got for many, many, many years. I thought about it this morning. Todd Oglethorpe, you're resting somewhere in the arms of Jesus, but Thank you for being such a great man. I don't even know if he knew or not, but very early this morning, his son texted me. Matter of fact, at 1.30, two or three nights ago, my phone went off. That's not unusual, but I reached over and I got it. It was a text. And it was from Terry Oglethorpe. Terry, I don't know if you're watching or not, but thank you. He said, I'm up praying for you right now. Don't ever quit. Don't ever stop. Don't give up. Don't give in. Gave me some scriptures. And I thought, his dad's gone. But here he is. Stepping up in the footsteps of his dad. You see... If you will do the right thing, God will take care of you. If you will just be a godly man, if you will just stand for what's right, and I know you will. Time is winding up. Brother David Phillips sent me a, and I, I'm trying to quit. Brother David Phillips sent me an article this week, and it said that now we're about to do away The article said this, I didn't say it, about to do away with the American, the U.S. dollar. We're going to a digital money system. And it's going to be worldwide. Have y'all ever heard a preacher preach on a one world money system? That's the sign of the end time. If you miss the next three or four lessons in search for truth, you're going to miss some valuable stuff, by the way. But let me just tell you right now, we're in the last days, we're on the last leg. It's the last step. We don't have time to not be godly men and godly dads. We don't have time to play games with this world. Our families, our future, our hearts, our souls, our minds are at stake. Just be a godly man. Hallelujah. Let me do this. Stand all over this house with me. I want to let you out. I've already held you longer than I intended to hold you today. Thank you for letting me say a few words to you on Father's Day. Stir these up real good today. Amen. Matthew, you look like a good man that can handle this. Reach in here and get me one name. Just reach down in there and get me one name. Thank you so very much. Whoever gets this is getting a $100 gift card and you can take your family to eat or you can go to the, you can go wherever. I'm so happy about this. Come here, David. David Masters, come here. Come down here and help me live, preach a little bit. You know what he told, he texted me not long ago, he said, you gonna preach preaching like that, you gotta get some pointed-toed boots. This is my buddy right here. Let me tell you about David Masters. I can't tell you nothing else, but I can tell you. Stay right there so I can be equal with you. I can tell you that he loves this pastor right here. And I can tell you that he's been my friend for many, many years. He's raised in this church. He has a wonderful mom dad. James and Debbie Masters, you're awesome. And it just does me great joy to give this card and, and this little gift card to David Masters. He's got three of the cutest kids you'll ever see. And uh, I love you, David. He's my buddy. Calls me, calls me, t- texts me all the time. How you doing? Just checking on you. This is my friend. I love you, David. Ain't you glad I got that name out today? My buddy right here. Thank you. He, he wants to preach, but I'm not going to give him the microphone. I'm just joking. He, I'm, I'm shocked I even got him down here. Amen. <laughs> I love you, Casey. Take good care of David. I love you all. Go eat lunch. Be back Wednesday. Be back Monday night for a full proof man. And may you have a wonderful, happy Father's Day.